Baseball with the Bard. Oh, there we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of Baseball with the Bard. I am Tyler Bard, and that there is Joe Aguirre, the producer for Baseball with the Bard. Unfortunately, Noah couldn't be with us this week, so Joe, thank you for filling in. Not your best friend, but a good friend. That's right, right. You're up there. You are absolutely up there. Um, so Joe produces behind the scenes usually. He's the one who brings all those uh, pictures and graphics and the ticker that you see going down on the bottom. Um, so, uh, Joe, thank you for joining us today. And if anybody had any question, based on my previous work, uh, this sweatshirt should dispel any any myths. I am a Yankees fan. Obviously. Oh, that's weird. I didn't. Yeah. I couldn't have guessed that. You really, yeah. you really threw me off with that. <laughs> so, Joe, as you know, I like to start the show off with our talk about the coronavirus. Um, and I just there wasn't much going on this week besides potentially an umpire being sick, but we're not sure. They haven't confirmed that. Um, but there have been 45 big league games postponed this season because of the coronavirus concerns. The sport doesn't believe that there have been any cross transmission of the virus on the field, though. They think this is all just involved within their own clubs and nothing to do with uh, any of the other teams being involved. Um, I think that's an interesting take because uh, we've seen two teams get sick, especially the two teams in the beginning that were playing each other. Um, so I don't think that's an accurate statement. I don't I don't know what your feel is on that. Yeah, I I don't think that's an accurate statement at all. I don't think that I mean, look, they've done a really good job, obviously, you know, 45 games getting postponed. They've done a really nice job of making up games, too. So they seem like they've got a, a pretty good handle on things and obviously taking the postseason into the bubble when you see what everyone else has done. It just makes all the sense in the world. That is an incredible choice that they're doing there. And I, I'm very happy that they're choosing to have a bubble. Uh, because with the bubble, hopefully, we won't have to cancel any games or postpone any games, and we can just get through this without having to uh, do any more curveballs into the season, because God knows we've already had enough, and uh, to, to mess with the postseason would just be unfortunate. Um, but really, though, Joe, there's not that much to talk about Corona this week, and I'm very okay with that. <laughs> yeah, that's great that news. Very exciting, but other not-so-great news... Uh, Tommy John surgery is expected for Justin Verlander. The Astros starting pitcher Justin Verlander will undergo Tommy John surgery to repair the ulnar collateral. Wow, that I, I got through that ligament in his right throwing elbow. He announced it in an Instagram video on Sunday. He's done for the season and potentially even next season, which is a massive note because his contract is up at the end of next year. That is a huge year for someone who's going to be 39 at the end of next season. Um, that is a prove-yourself year for pitchers who want at least one more big hurrah with a team. And I don't think he's going to end up going anywhere else. I think because of this, the Astros will sign him to an extension. You know, it's going to be interesting, as you said, coming coming off Tommy John at 39. It's only the second time he's ever had an injury in his entire career. He was on the DL back in 2005. The unfortunate thing is, you know, he had a um, about a 54% chance to reach 300 wins by age 43. Yeah. And this suddenly really derails it. Obviously, he'll miss all of the 2021 20, season, uh, most likely. It's possibly could come back late, but just based, on, 
based on timeline and his age, I would say you probably you probably don't see him until 2022. He'd have to average 15 wins a year from ages Ooh. 40 to uh, to 44 uh, yeah, in order, 44. yeah, uh, in order to get him to 300 wins. So that's unfortunate because as much as I don't like Justin Verlander, <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I really like Justin Verlander. It's a weird, it's a weird thing for me. I have a lot of respect for Justin. Uh, you know, I like Kate Upton, but I also hate Kate Upton. Right. It's a weird relationship I have with the Verlander Upton. <laughs> So on the one hand, I do hope he comes back, and I and I do hope that he's uh, able to uh, give 300 a shot. You know, it's going to be a long time probably till we see anybody even get in the realm of 300. So it's unfortunate, uh, you know. And I think for Houston, they've got quite a few free agents coming up after this and next season, including yeah, they do. Springer, uh, Euro Guriel, and 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 several others. And it'll be interesting to see who stays. In Houston, knowing the stain of what happened with the cheating scandal. So you, you could end up seeing the Chiefs sort of move on for some people. Uh, both Springer and Guriel will be uh, over at 30 when they, when they when their free agent contracts are up. Could see a very different Houston team. I think Springer is too proud to move on from that team. He still fully believes that they've done nothing wrong. Um, so I think he's going to stick to his guns and to give no reason for him to leave and stay right where he is because I think he can be a lifelong Astro personally. Well, the other thing, too, is, is you know, would teams necessarily be interested in somebody like that who lives True. in his delusional, you know, we didn't do anything wrong land? Give me a break. Yeah, him and Carlos Correa, the two of the players who weren't even questioned were the two that were the loudest this offseason. Um, so I'm just kind of I'm kind of over it now. I, as much as I hate the Astros, I just kind of want this to go away so baseball can move on um, and maybe we can forget about it in, in the near future here. But um, yeah, it's uh, sad for Justin Verlander. Hopefully you feel better. Uh, get that surgery done and get back and working by your 40 year season and uh, maybe the end of your 39 year season. Um, but Hope to see you back. Hopefully not in Houston, though. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right. So moving on, we have another amazing stat here. Los Angeles Albert Pool, uh, Los Angeles Angels, excuse me. Albert Pujols passes Willie Mays on the all-time home runs list. Pujols hit number 661 in the fifth inning on Friday night against the Texas Rangers to break the tie with Mays. And then he connected again for 662 in his next at-bat and the 6-2 victory over the Rangers. Uh, legendary status, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, very excited to see someone of his caliber get these milestones. I don't think he'll ever make it to that incredible uh, lead, even the top three milestone, but where he's at right now is an incredible feat for a guy like Pulhos, who's just, it feels like he has transcend, transcended age in the game and will just be around for forever. Yeah, you know, Albert's been one of my favorite players and, and especially my favorite non Yankee. Uh, tremendous amount of respect for him. He wears number five uh, for Joe DiMaggio. Uh, and I also have always worn number five in, in my sports career for Joe D as well. He matched Joe D's uh, 10 years of 30 homers and 100 RBI. I mean, just two of the greats of all time. It's been unfortunate, you know, the last few years watching Albert play. He's only got 217 home runs in seven seasons with the Anaheim Angels, which when you look at what the damage he did in St. Louis, it's been a much different experience. He's still a great player, 10-time All-Star, but the the, uh, 
you, you've definitely seen Albert Pujols on the downside of his career. You would think the combination of him and Mike Trout throwing Anthony Rendon, you would have thought Anaheim might be competitive with three superstars, but apparently it's going to take more than that to turn them angels around. Yeah, you know, you would think that uh, the bat of Albert Pujols and Mike Trout would be enough for that team. <laughs> like, you've got you two think. incredible players, but that's apparently not the case. I think this is ultimately where he ends his career. Um, so I hope he gets to have a lot more home runs, Mr. Albert Pujols. Congratulations to you. We are very happy to see that you are still thriving and doing well in the MLB. And on a new segment on Baseball with the Bar that I want to call for now, Sensitive Umpires 101. Uh, there was an inst we talked about sensitive umpires last week, but there was another incident this week where one of my favorite hotheads in baseball, Mr. Josh Donaldson from the Minnesota Twins, was ejected for kicking dirt at the plate, not before, after a home run. The umpire called a trash strike zone and got annoyed when he was shown up by Josh Donaldson after the home run. I personally say, incredible job, Josh. So what had happened, Joe, uh, for those who weren't watching um, when this happened or haven't watched it back yet, is the umpire was calling a horrible strike zone on Josh, and Josh had questioned him, saying, did you call that a strike based on location, or was it because I, checked my, I didn't check my swing? Um, and the umpire wouldn't give him anything. He's like, turn around and bat. So he turns around and bats and hits an absolute bomb to left field. And as he's crossing home, as we can see in the picture here, he drags his foot across and covers the uh, home plate with dirt. And uh, the umpire immediately throws him out of the game, and he just turns around and gives him the thumbs up and keeps walking to the dugout. <laughs> so I absolutely love that move. Um, you know, Joe, uh, from being behind the scenes, my disdain for some of the umpires in this league right now. This was an incredible moment. Well, and you're exactly right. You know, it it, it it blows my mind that, you know, umpires get very upset when you start talking about going to a robotic or, you know, an, an automatic, uh, some, some sort of monitoring or censoring, like you would see in a video game where right. you're getting a real-time ball or strike based on a very tight box. And umpires hate that. And yet continue to go out and make bad call after bad call. You know, they they have an opportunity sometimes to consult with a first or a third base coach or uh, umpire rather or, or crew chief and still oftentimes don't do it. And, you know, again, no one's at these games to watch the umpire. Right. I'm, I'm here to watch Josh Donaldson. I want to see Josh Donaldson get a legit at bat. I want to see Josh Donaldson at home run. And then I want to watch him run back into the dugout. The fact that you got showed up as the umpire after this guy just hit a bomb and threw him out of the game. I mean, what are you doing? Like, what what, what do you think your role in this game is? Yeah. You, you know, here's the thing. If Josh Donaldson was just being a baby and it wasn't that he was calling a horrible game, I could understand giving someone the ass. Sure. But when you screwed up, he saved his at-bat with a home run and then shows you up. I mean, I, I think it, it shows a real lack of character by that umpire. Admit you were wrong and let it go. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And one of the most sensitive umpire, umpires, as we know, is Mr. Angel Hernandez, who's literally sued the MLB. Um, and I just want to bring back one memory real quick that while, while we're on the topic. And uh, you'll probably remember it very well. It was the 2018 playoffs. And he got three consecutive calls at first wrong. 
and was booed and booed and he said the fans are super disrespectful and he doesn't want to umpire and he's not being picked in the playoffs for whatever reason i'm like you need to get over yourself you can look at the tape and see how wrong you are i think they, these umpires need to own up and stop pretending like they're perfect because they're not well and sure look nobody expects them to be perfect but be consistent that's the right. important thing you know I've never had a problem with umpires doing like a makeup call where, you know, I messed up this one. I get you back on the next one. You know, you get the next close call. I don't have a problem with that. But if you're consistently getting complaints about your strike zone, it's you. Yeah. It's not the players. It's you. You know, I, I laugh because Aaron Boone's argued with some umpires over the last two years. Tyler, oh, yeah. And his whole thing is my guys know the strike zone. Right. If my guys are laying off that outside pitch, it's because it's outside. Stop calling it. Right. They're savages in the box. That's where that whole term came from. The Yankees work counts like no other team in baseball. Yep. And, you know, you look, here's the thing. And I, and I think most people who aren't like very knowledgeable fans might not cr clearly understand the difference in, you know, a 2 0 count where, a borderline pitch is 2-1 instead of 3-0. I mean, that changes the entire complexity of the at-bat. And uh -huh. you'll see, statistically speaking, Tyler, the more strikes you have and the worse the count is against you, the worse your batting average is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. And, and umpires know that they can take full advantage of that. And it's really annoying to see these power-hungry umpires uh, behind the plate, like Joe West and uh, Ron Culpa, and these guys who just would rather be a personality in the game than the uh, rule keeper. And that's where they need to keep their heads, because I don't know about you, I'm getting really tired of it. Um, but incredible job, Josh. Keep it up. We love your uh, hothead attitude. Unless it's against the Red Sox or the Yankees, then cut it off. That's enough of that. Um, <laughs> Joe, let's take a look at the uh, standings, if we could, for a moment, um, because we have some interesting things to catch up on. Uh, the Yankees are back, back in second place, looking to take that crown from Tampa. Tampa did uh, click their ticket to the playoffs, though, so they are definitely going to be in the playoffs, but it is not decided yet on who will be owning that division. And there's nothing the Yankees can do about that uh, Tampa Bay record because they're not playing again. Um, so Tampa Bay just has to worry about Tampa Bay and not worry about the Yankees. Uh, the Red Sox uh, still have yet to break into 20 wins, but hey, not the worst. There's still two worst teams in the NL. Um, don't worry about the American League. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> and then uh, you know, Chicago. Listen, yes. we, we got to talk about this, Tyler. Do I we mean, have to? Two years ago, this team was raising a World Series trophy. Yep, yep. And last year was a was a rough season, and I think everybody expected that. And then obviously the trade of of bets and price, um, you know, expectations had to be low. But I don't think anybody expected a three fifty eight winning percentage, or for the Red Sox to be this bad. Now you know you couldn't you couldn't have guessed Chris Sale would be out, Eduardo Rodriguez wouldn't be able to pitch because of the COVID stuff. So it, it's been um, a really unfortunate season for the Red Sox, but to see a team fall from the height of the sport just two years ago to the depths of the American League is almost shocking. But I would say this, Tyler, it, it, all, all, all joking aside, the Sox are certainly geared up for another run. It's probably going to take another year or two for them to sort of 
get their ducks in a row. You'll get Chris Sale back. I think things are going to be all right in Boston. This is a really unfortunate run for the Red Sox, who I have all the respect for in the world. I hate the Red Sox, but I don't want to see the Red Sox in the basement. They don't belong there. The, the whole thing is really uh, disconcerting, really, for me. But it just goes to show, you know, an injury and, and a trade that you think might yield you a big return doesn't always pan out. Yeah, no, it definitely didn't pan out for the Red Sox this year. And uh, it has been painful because a lot of these games, the Red Sox have the lead and then blow it. I, they feel like they're the Detroit Lions where they have the ability to win games. They just don't. <laughs> so I don't know what their issue is. I uh, think most shocking, too, is that home record eight and 19 at Fenway. Yeah, no, that's horrible. That is absolutely insane that they it's I know you don't fully watch all of the Red Sox games, um, but there's this big it's called the advantage in left field. If you can hit it off the monster consistently, just rip a few line drives into left field. You're going to do well. And every team has been doing that against Red Sox pitching. They have been ripping it into left field. And I feel like they're just dotting up the foul line too, just constantly dotting the foul line and making it down there. And it's just, oh, it's exhausting to watch. And then you have the guys like the Yankees who come in and are just like, we don't even need the monster. We're just going to hit it to dead center field over your guy's head. Um, so it's, uh, it's rough. Um, I think this is, I think next season's going to be rough too. We're going to probably lose Jackie Bradley jr. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about what I think the problem is when we get to the Red Sox section here, but I did want to take a look. We have the, uh, playoff. One more thing before oh, yeah. we get to the playoff picture, take a look at Minnesota who right now would be facing the Yankees. Yeah. And look at the home and loss splits for both the Yankees and the twins. Yeah, <laughs> Minnesota's 21 and five in Minnesota. Awful on the road. Yankees are great at home. Also rough on the road. And right now, as you just mentioned, as, as we sort of pull up the. Uh, the playoff schedule, this certainly if the Yankees get home field advantage against the twins, they got to be feeling really good about that. If it goes the other way. Not the Yankees have won 13 postseason series in a row against the Minnesota Twins. This would certainly put the Yankees in a worse spot if they were to, to have to go to Minnesota. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think the Twins know that. Uh, so we're going to see the Twins pushing very hard for that uh, number four seed rather than the number five seed, or if they can get even higher. I, personally, if I'm in the playoffs right now, I want nothing to do with the Yankees or the Rays. Um, I'll face anyone else in the first round, but I want nothing to do with those two teams. Even the Blue Jays, even though they're number eight, they've been playing super well, except for that uh, series against New York, which we will get to in our Yankee segment. Um, but yeah, I uh, am excited to see this. And the National League looks just as interesting. Um, you know, we got the, the number one Dodgers going up against the uh, the Reds. Look at the the Reds. Look at them. They are, they are making a playoff push. They're 26 and 27 and somehow making the playoffs. Um, and, you know, we have a it's shocking, isn't it? It is shocking, but I'm happy to see it because I am a supporter of the Reds only because we do have a hometown guy, Mr. Sal Romano, uh, who just got called up again. So he's pitching out of the bullpen right now for the Reds, and hopefully he can get a start here soon. Um, so we got the Dodgers versus the Reds not looking great. That's not a great look for the Reds, but uh, and then we got Cubs versus Phillies, Braves versus Cardinals and Padres versus, yes, the Marlins. Um, 
insane. I'm very excited to see how this one plays out because uh, my two teams I predicted uh, to make the World Series are both still alive, and it's the Padres and the Rays. Uh, so let's see if the Padres can get through the Marlins. Spoiler alert, they're going to do it uh, and get on to the, uh, the playoffs even further. I, who do you think in this bracket, besides, you can't pick the Dodgers, don't pick the Dodgers, is the best looking for the playoff picture? Well, first, I'd like to also point out there are three NL East teams out of this list of eight, <laughs> yeah, and none yeah. of them are the New York Mets. <laughs> so unbelievably <laughs> pathetic. Um, honestly, I think the Cubs, you know, I think the way you Darvish is pitching, I think that lineup, the experience, I mean, these guys just four years ago, you know, hoisted their first trophy in 500 years. So, you know, they've got a really good team. They're at the point, too, where they, they may start to uh, see some guys go bye-bye in the next yeah. couple of seasons. So it's probably now to win time for the Cubbies. I would also say watch out for the Cardinals. You know, I know they're a six seed, haven't played a ton of games this year, and it's and it's been uh, it's been a rough season for the Cardinals. But I don't think you could ever count the St. Louis Cardinals franchise out of any postseason. They always find a way, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's more of the same. And then the other team I think that really stands out haven't been playing as well of late, but your San Diego Padres. Yeah, hell yeah. Again, I, I think, you know, and I think if you're the Red Sox, I think that's the model that you have to look at where, you know, this team made some trades a couple of years ago, got the prospect back, brought some young guys up, went out and picked up Manny Machado, uh, you know, tried to sign some pitching that didn't pan out, but what they've been able to develop in the minor league, that's where it's at. You know, you could, I mean, look at the Yankees right now. Exactly. I was just going to say that. It, that is definitely, you know, the Yankees, I think, saw the formula that the Minnesota Twins used in, in, in the 2000s where bring your young guys up, develop in the minor leagues, let them all play together. May as well. That's only going to go. It's, I don't know if watching that. You're going to have to help me with his name. I don't remember the new kid. I'm sorry? Uh, the Red Sox new catcher. The Red young Sox guy. New... Oh, they just called him up. Uh, yeah, they oh, video. They had him mic up yesterday. Uh, is it uh, uh, Plowecki? Plowecki. That's the kid. He was like BSing with guys he knows from the minor leagues, like Aaron Judge and Claver Torres. And I thought it was so. I mean, again, you know these guys, right? Right. Uh, he hit a, a, a foul ball down the right line, and when Judge came up to the plate, he looked at Judge. He goes, "I was trying to wrap the pesky ball." Ah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. You scared me, and I thought, you know what? This kid's got a ton of energy. You know, I think baseball needs a lot more of that. If, if anybody hasn't seen it, it's on Twitter. Uh, the Red Sox catcher, uh, in, in, in just even before the game, talking with teammates. I'll tell you what. If, if this, I don't know how good or or, or uh, what the expectation on him is, Tyler. But that's the kind of guy you want on your team. That's a leader right there. Yeah, that's a guy energy, and and I like him. We have the same uh, hopes for our minor league as the Yankees have had for the last two, three years, um, but it's just not as strong. That Yankee um, farm system is insane, and it's funny because, you know, for if you go back 10 years, the Yankees were the most made fun of farm system because they just worked on only getting these all-stars on their team rather than working on their own farm. They would trade the farm away to get these uh, massive, massive names, um, but they are not doing that anymore. It is time uh, for them to focus in on their farm, and they have done it better than just about anyone.
Uh, but let's just check in really quick here with the Red Sox. I know we don't want to spend too much time on them. Us Red Sox fans are a little sad about what the Red Sox have been doing lately. But uh, as of, I have three and two here, but they're actually, I believe, three and three. They're 19 and 33 right now. Uh, puts them in last in the AL East and not just the AL East, Joe, the entire AL uh, absolutely horrible. They're 28th of 30 teams ahead of only the Pirates and the Rangers in winning percentage. And injuries definitely have been a factor, mostly notably Chris Sale being lost to Tommy John, as we talked about, and Eduardo Rodriguez missing because of COVID. Uh, the pitching staff never recovered for the loss of those key arms, and there were also issues on the position side with J.D. and Andrew Bentendi. Bentendi, wow, I can't even say his name. Andrew Benintendi uh, definitely underachieving at the plate. Uh, it really, really hurts. And the Tom Werner, uh, the team chairman, said that it is definitely a very disappointing season. And that is the simplest way to put it. Absolutely disappointed in this team. Um, I'm looking forward to next season coming. I don't know if maybe just the environment of baseball will help these guys better when the fans are in the stands. Because unless they do something massive this offseason, um, I don't know what they are planning on doing. Um so Werner said that the Red Sox are planning for a return to form in 2021. In an interview on Nesson's Game Day Live show yesterday, um, though Warner noted that the Sox were hampered by multiple injuries this season, though we're not going to make any excuses. The only thing I'll say is that there were a number of bright spots this year, and we're already attacking the challenges when we expect to be competitive next year around. Um, I, I almost feel like this is kind of blowing smoke, and it's a little bit disrespectful <laughs> to the guys in the, in the field right now. Um, I, I think he needs to just own up a little bit more rather than he says he's not making excuses while he's making an excuse um so i just think it's it's like that when you say uh not to be offensive but um you're just it, it's a cover comes the offense yeah right you're you're about to say something completely offensive um and you know what there are guys we can highlight um like alex verdugo who unfortunately uh he left the boston game uh six when we were down six to five uh for the yankees that six to five loss rather excuse me because he left in the third inning um, and that's a guy who I would love to see do well for the Red Sox. I'd like to see him around. He's someone we got because of Mookie Betts or in place of Mookie Betts. Um, so if we lose him already, that would be horrible. Uh, according to Ron Renneke, Verdugo uh, could have remained in the game, but Renneke said uh, he could have gone back out and played. But I talked to the trainer and to put him out there when he has a tight hamstring, it's kind of grabbing at him. It didn't make sense. If he ends up pulling it, then he's probably done for the year. Yeah, that makes sense. Protect the guy um but we're we're getting into my point here i brought up someone uh which in renicky who uh if you see my last note on the script here uh it's time for a new management dot 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 again dot 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 uh because personally i didn't think renicky was the guy for the job in the first place i was completely shocked um it was finally my dream was coming true it looked like uh jason veritek was the top guy for that job and i can just imagine if the if if jason veritek got that position as the manager and brought in guys like pedro like david ortiz like all these big guys to come in and show get that 2004 squad in here kurt Schilling as a pitching coach get all of those guys in here and they've rebuild that boston fan base bring back the feared boston red sox 
I think that would be incredible. Um, but I just don't know if the Red Sox are going to bite on that um, with getting rid of a manager so soon, especially when he only had a chance to run a uh, the COVID Cup, as Noah likes to call it. Um, but do you think, like me, Joe, do you think that Rob Renicky is the problem? No, I'll tell you, I actually like Ron Renicky. I, I, he was one of those guys um, who I thought deserved a job. You know, maybe, maybe not the Red Sox gig. Maybe that was uh, that's that massive. Ma- is his first major league job uh, as as a as a manager, and and maybe this is a little bit too much for him. But look, you know, you you went into a season where you traded your best, your two best players in Price and Betts. Right. And, you know, and I only say that obviously with Chris Hale being out, I mean, you know, by, by default price became your ace pitcher and to trade him knowing Chris Sale was, I know they didn't quite know where Sale was at, but they've known there was something wrong with Chris Sale. I've been saying this for a couple of years now, you know, when you look at the Yankees with Louis Severino finally went and he had the Tommy John and, and Chris Sale waited right. for months before they finally decided, yeah, him too. And I thought that was so silly. Severino's a kid. He's, he's got time on his side. Chris Sale doesn't. Right. And, you know, once, listen, once uh, Eduardo Rodriguez was done, it, it was, for me, it was all over for the Red Sox. You, you can't lose three literal, like, all-star caliber pitchers off your roster and not replace them. And think that you're going to stay competitive in the American League. There's just no way that that's ever going to happen. Yeah, no, that's it, definitely a stretch. It was just too much for the Red Sox. You know, I I, I, I got to give Ron Reddick credit too because as of about two weeks ago, really seemed to uh, sort of gear things up towards the 2021 season. Some of these young guys in the game. Uh, Bobby Dalback, you know, for one, uh, has played pretty well. I, I think the Red Sox to rest this season. This is what you got. See who can play what. You know, you chuck for what it is. A god awful year, and you come back strong in 2021. I mean, look, the Red Sox will always have resources. They'll always be able to go out there. They're going to need to add a starting pitcher or possibly two. They can do that. So I think if you're the Red Sox, especially if you do end up with Jack Bradley Jr., you're probably get a nice ball back for him. So I think the Red Sox will be fine. You know, 2021 might not be the year, especially when you look at how good Toronto, even how much better Baltimore's played this year. Sure. The rates are. It might take the Sox a couple of years to, to, to get back uh, with the big points in the, in the AL East. But they'll be fine. Yeah, it's going to take them a while, like you said. Um, but there is a team that plans on sticking around for a while with the guys they have, and it's the Yankees. Uh, could you highlight, to begin the segment, uh, a few things that the Yankees have done well this week? Oh, my goodness gracious. Can Just I? a yeah. few things. Uh, so the Yankees obviously are 9-0 and against the Red Sox this season. They've won 10 straight games. They've won 12 straight uh, in the series and 17 of 18 going back to last season. As a matter of fact, since the start of the 2019 season, the Yankees are 23 and five in the and they have averaged 6.75 runs per game, which is pretty insane to think about it. Yeah, the Yankees uh, started 16 and six, went five and 15. They got beat up by Toronto. Brian Cashman showed up, and Brian Cashman's not a show up kind of guy. No. After that game, Luke Boyd called his teammates out. He said he was embarrassed by the Yankees' effort. And since then, 
the Yankees have hit more home runs than their opponents have scored runs. <laughs> In the last 10 games, their opponents have scored just 24 runs. The Yankees also uh, yesterday clinched their 28th consecutive winning season. That is the second longest streak of its kind in Major League history. The only team with a longer streak, the New York Yankees, uh, from 1926 to 1964. That Bridges, the Babe Ruth years, the Mickey Mantle years. Throw Joe to everyone else in the middle of that. That's how good that team was. Surprise, not surprise. Not everything great in New York, though, honestly. Tyler, uh, yeah. 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 Okay. If you look across the bottom of the screen, you will see what I'm about to talk about. And I'm a, as you know me, as big as Gary Porter is red. When Jay Happ's on the mound with Gary Sanchez, he's a 3.94 ERA. With anybody else, it's a full run lower in two eight six. Right. Garrett Cole's got a 3.91 with Sanchez and 0-9-0 without. Jordan Montgomery, a 6-2-3 with Sanchez, 2-8-4 without. These are not the kind of numbers that you want to see with your starting catcher as opposed to your backup, Eric Ratz and Kyle Ocosio. Did three more runs the other day. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, just because. <laughs> also, last night, Jay Happ went eight innings, struck out nine, gave up just four hits. He's always pitched up against the Red Sox. He's now 13 in his career against the Red Sox. But more importantly, he became the first Yankee starter to complete eight innings this season at a time when the Yankees desperately needed length and They've been really going on well too much. I thought during the 20-15 stretch, you saw Adovino, you saw King, you saw Britton, you saw everybody in that bullpen sort of falter. And now that you're getting the starting pitching, they've literally won 10 deep now. Two turns through the rotation where everybody has been lights out. Everyone has pitched outstanding. The Yankees are getting hot exactly at the time where you want your team to get hot. Clint Frazier, by the way. Saved a butt last night because he's that kind of guy, and then crushed an absolute bomb the other way at Fenway, which was just so unbelievably impressive. Since this game, this came up, it, 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 it's been—I I can't even tell you the difference that Frazier has made. This, this Clint Frazier is a different than Frazier than last year. You've seen a new maturity level. You've seen outstanding defense. He's also hitting position in his eighth home run last night. Right. The Yankees were desperately lacking much hitting when LeMay was out, when Judge and Stanton were out, and this guy's been coming up clutch. You bring DJ LeMay back, this team's just too good right now. It, 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 it's unbelievable. By the way, Zach Britton, I'll give you his last one, is not allowed an earned run in the last 26 appearances. <laughs> That's insane. That is an insane stat. No one was talking about that with me. Anybody against the Red Sox in the entire history of baseball. <laughs> I know you're surprised, but Noah brought something like that up to me the other day. It wasn't the exact number, uh, but he was definitely rubbing it in my face the last few days. Uh, because he has been thoroughly enjoying the uh, the Yankees onslaught that they have been launching against the AL East. Uh, when they were playing the Blue Jays and hit that five home run game in the th third or whatever inning that was in, 
um, wow, that was insanity because I literally texted him after the third one. I go, all right, that's enough. You guys, you know, stop it. You've, you've made your point. And then the fourth one happened. I go, all right, they're dead. That's they're dead. You've killed them. Stop. And then the fifth one happened. And I'm like, that's it. I'm turn. I can't watch this. This is rude. This is evil. This is mean. The Yankees need to cut it out. How would you like to be Aaron Hicks in that run, though? <laughs> right? Hitches in a row, three homers, you come up and you get made a fool of, and then the next two guys proceed to crush bombs as well. Not I think sure. Aaron Hicks is all right. I think yeah. Aaron Hicks is all right. I think he's okay. More walks and strikeouts on the season. That is such a... Oh, my. What a nonsense number. You know who would love him? Billy Bean. Billy Bean would love him. He gets on base. <laughs> I... I I don't know. I don't think I've ever told you this. Aaron Hicks is a player who I hate for absolutely no reason. There is uh, no reason to hate that man. Uh, but every time I've been to a Yankee game, he's done incredibly well. And I, uh, you know, when I go to a Yankee game, I'm a good sport. If it's not the Red Sox, I'll cheer for the home team. And uh, especially if I'm there with a Yankee fan and the Yankees hit a home run. And I was like, oh, yeah, good. Awesome. I'm up clapping. And then I see it's Aaron Hicks and I sat back down. Anybody. <laughs> A A A Ron. He's a <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's why. I just want to make another point about Gary Sanchez because look, the defense uh, and the catching hasn't been outstanding this year, but his average exit velocity has risen, uh, risen to the point where he's got a hard hit rate of 50.6%. That puts him in the top 10 in the entire American League. And I said earlier in the year uh, on, on some of our other shows, Tyler, that. He was hitting it with a lot of bad luck. He was hitting the ball hard, people were catching it. And now it's starting to find gaps. In his last four games, six out of eight, eight two doubles, three and the first two multi hit eight of the year. So he's starting to turn things around, and that can only make the game better. Even if he's not catching, maybe if he's only DHing. That's what I was going to recommend. I was going to recommend that. Don't put him in catcher's role. He hasn't proven himself. I don't understand the idea of putting him um, on the bench. That seems idiotic. You know, DH him, bat him at the bottom of the lineup. That bat is vicious, and you never know when going to come through. Last thing we got to talk about is labor Torres, or as I like to call them now, labor glasses. Yeah, I was just going to say, the turnaround was Glaber's got new glasses. That was what you guys were losing, 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 and then all of a sudden Mr. New Glasses shows up, and bam. He's batting 500 since he got the glasses. And <laughs> my only question and thought is, why didn't we get the glasses earlier? And yeah, right. Here's another thought. Do you think we could get a pair for Gary Sanchez? <laughs> yeah, oh, maybe that's the reason. It could only help. By the way, Luke Voigt has been the MVP. I mean, look what this guy has done. <laughs> the numbers that you see that this guy put up all year long, so many people were kind of writing him off. They didn't think he was going to be good enough to be an everyday major league player, even though all he's done as a Yankee is produced. Great to see this guy. Uh, I mean, really, just, just step up, take the spot of Greg Bird. He was amazing last year. He's been an MVP candidate this year. It really is him. Tim Anderson, the White Sox, DJ LeMay, I think 
that are going to be duking it out for that MVP award. Yeah, you know, last week I was super hating on Luke Voigt, just saying I don't think he's got the name and the stature in the MLB to get this done. Um, and like I said, every time every time we do that on this show and we doubt someone, they show us very much that we are wrong. Uh, and he definitely proved me wrong this week. Luke Voigt, uh, you got my vote right now for the MVP race. Let's just see if the rest of the MB, uh, MLB hops on that train. Um, but Joe, thank you so much for stepping in today. I really appreciate that you were here to cover for Mr. Cross. He had a uh, engagement he had to be at today, so he couldn't join us. Um, and for anyone who watches the CWE podcast that shortly follows, we are going to move that to next Sunday. We're just going to postpone that show. Um, and uh, we'll keep you guys updated on if anything changes for that for next week as well. Um, but I do just want to mention quickly uh, that, remember, this is a Clovercrest Media-sponsored uh, po podcast, so I just want to read this quick for you. If you love podcasts, visit clovercrestmedia.com for a wide selection of great shows covering sports, business, relationships, pop culture, politics, and true crime. There are 26 shows right now. I think it's even more than that now. I think we're up towards 27 or 28, Joe, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, on the CMG network. And if you don't find one you like, start your own like I did. We can help you launch your podcast for as little as $15 per month. And clovercrestmedia.com is the website. Make sure you check it out and tell your friends about it. Clovercrestmedia.com and click on the link for the latest on your favorite CMG sports podcast, as well as blogs and videos of the latest info. For Baseball with the Bard, this is Tyler Bard, and that is Joe Aguire. We'll see you next time. Baseball with the bar.